educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. Yeah, let's do all of that, shall we? Welcome aboard the uh, Tuesday edition, Fat Tuesday, right? Uh, uh, it is Tuesday, February 13th, 510 in the afternoon, and my goodness, my goodness, it's still, I'm so, I'm so excited to announce with the temperature, I can't even speak right. It's still 52 degrees in the capital city, uh, the greatest city in America. We're delighted you tuned us in. Coming up in just a moment, we'll have our monthly visit with Mayor Leary and Gaylord Baird, and so hang on for that. And boy, what a time for Nebraska women's sports, huh? How about those Husker women? Uh, basketball star Jazz Shelley, the first Husker uh, uh, basketball, female basketball, women's basketball player to, uh, to ever be named the AP National Player of the Week. Wow, congratulations to Jazz Shelley. Uh, and of course, that comes after Nebraska's stunning uh, victory over Iowa in front of a sellout crowd at PBA on Sunday. Uh, and 1.8 million viewers, uh, the most watched women's college basketball, basketball game in Fox Sports history. So man, uh, the, the women's uh, athletic program here at the University of Nebraska continues to uh, shine very brightly. So, how about that? Well, uh, say hello to Mr. Johnny Cadillac, producer extraordinaire. Johnny? I had a line all picked out just from your open, and uh, then I got sidetracked, and now I don't remember what it was. But <laughs> I'm sure it was awesome. Oh, it was, some, it was along the lines of what you said at the very start of the show, so uh, yeah. I'll just say it's great to be here as always. Thanks, Johnny. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I know this maybe isn't what you normally hear on AM Talk Radio. We don't do a lot of shouting. We don't do a lot of grandstanding. We like to build up instead of tear down. So, yeah, welcome aboard. Appreciate you listening and tuning in every night right here. Well, it is my delight to welcome onto the phone line uh, Lyrian Gaylord Bear, our mayor. Lyrian, how are you? Hey, I'm great. So nice to be with you and your listeners, Dan. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Uh, taking time. I know it's a, uh, it's always a busy time down at the uh, uh, at the city uh, at the city offices, and so I appreciate you taking time to visit with us once a month. And uh, and hey, before before I uh, go any further, I know you're a music fan. And how about the announcement that Robert Plant and Allison Krauss are coming to town? Oh my goodness. Um, PBA and our, you know, venues across the city just keep outdoing themselves from the, from the, uh, you know, cool local music, like we saw at Lincoln Exposed this weekend, to the the shows at Pinewood Bowl in the summer, to the concerts at PBA, Uh, this is really the the town that's great for music. It is, yeah, I got to take in a little bit of Lincoln Exposed this weekend, and, uh, but yeah, uh, coming, uh. Uh, the Led Zeppelin rock and roll front man and Allison Krauss coming to, uh, uh, and, and they're going to be at Pinewood. So, uh, June 5th. So then anyway, uh, uh, Tim Zavona is just doing a great job over there. And so just really appreciate everything. I spotted Tim Zavona on the floor at the women's basketball game on Sunday. One of the many people watching that game and, uh, saw him go down to the corner of the court 
before it got stormed, you know, that's, yeah. that's a stressful moment for someone in his role. Yes. <laughs> it was great that everyone stayed safe and, oh. um, and got to celebrate like that. It was quite a win. Yeah, I just mentioned that in the opening of how exciting that is. Another record broken, uh, 1.8 million viewers on Fox Sports uh, to see that game. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a fantastic moment for for. Um, women's sports for basketball in general and uh, just for our for our folks here in, in Lincoln to be, um, you know, to be taking down all these top 10 teams in, at PBA. It's been a lot of fun. It's so fun. It's so fun. Well, let's get to city business. Um, you know, it is pothole season, right, Mayor? I mean, uh, uh, with the... Uh, uh, with the winter, the, the early winter we had, it's we're so thankful for this uh, nice weather we've had these last few weeks, and looks like we may be in the clear. But, but boy, that snow and all that snow and cold and ice uh, did its usual job on potholes. So, give us an update. Yeah, we're really focused on filling potholes at the moment, but streets are a priority all year round. So that is why we've been investing uh, a lot of important resources to improve our streets, to construct new ones. And um, we've seen some of the new, newly repaired and constructed streets do really well during the recent storms. But when you have those storms back-to-back with freeze and thaw cycles, of course, that is that creates conditions ripe for potholes in some of our older streets. And so we have our our crews dozen crews out there doing repairs daily and they have actually filled nearly 14,000 potholes wow. in January and February so far and they will come repair the ones you let them know about so please uh, to all your listeners keep us uh, alert to those that you find on the streets by using uplink uh, we've had a over 800 uplink requests from our community members, and and that's that's supplements our proactive patrols uh, that the crews do to fill potholes. So um, investing in our streets year-round, coming to the rescue during potholes season, uh, top priorities for us. Um, and it's, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's helped invest in our streets. Yes. Because when we passed the Lincoln on the Move quarter cent mm-hmm. initiative, we were able to do major repairs. And in the next two years, we'll be putting $98 million into our streets. And that helps, you know, really get out in front of, of, of the conditions that allow potholes to, to erupt. Yeah, that's so important, Mayor. And, I, you know, of all the things that you do for our city and, and your administration, I, I totally understand how streets are top of mind for, you know, for a lot of people because we use them every day. Yep. And so it makes a lot of sense. And so, but I've been following along uh, on Twitter, or excuse me, X, and and uh, and people have been uh, commenting. I, I forget who it was, but someone we both know. I'm sorry, I was going to put this in our notes, but pointed out uh, the Uplink, or, or I'm sorry, what's the name of the app again? It's yeah, it's Uplink. And it's U P L N K. So you can you can go to um, Uplink U P L N K dot Lincoln dot any dot gov, um, or download the app, and it will allow you to report. You can take a photo, show us where it is, um, just report the location, and our crews will will get out to fix it as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I forget who this was, but they mentioned that they used that uplink, took the picture, was in their neighborhood, and within hours, uh, someone was out uh, from the city uh, working on it. So, first-hand yeah. reports that it does yeah. work. <laughs> well, of the 12 crews I mentioned that are out, you know, as soon as we parked the snowplows, these crews got to work on pothole filling, and uh, two of the 12 
crews are dedicated to uplink requests. So uh, we are working to be as responsive as, as we can to those requests. We know how important streets are to our community, and they're certainly a top priority for my administration. Absolutely. And remind our listeners, uh, Mayor, um, the Lincoln on the Move site on the city, uh, because people can uh, look that up and find what streets are in construction and what is in the plan. Right. We have wonderful coverage on our city website, lincoln.ne.gov. You can just search for Lincoln on the Move, and it will share the progress that's been made. This is a you know, Lincoln on the Move is a six-year effort to uh, infuse more investment into our streets, primarily repair and rehab, but also building new streets on the edge of the community. And you can see a project site online. You can find out the improvements that have been made to existing streets, others that have been growing the community, and uh, find out what's coming next. You bet. Pipeline. Absolutely. Well, Mayor, if you can hang on through the short little break, let's come back. I want to chat a little bit about some grants uh, that the city has received. So, okay, folks, hang on. We'll be right back with the mayor after these quick messages. Come on back. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And welcome back uh, to the Tuesday edition. We're delighted you stuck around. It's our monthly chat with Mayor Leary and Gaylord Baird. Uh, Mayor, thanks so much for sticking around. I know you've got some family activities going on this evening, so let's uh, let's get right to it, should we? You bet. <laughs> um, so uh, some new grants uh, have come into the city, and one of those uh, focuses on recycling. And uh, so talk about that, if you could, please. Absolutely. Well, I mean, just to, to set the stage, obviously, we run on a lean budget, and we that's one of the reasons we've been ranked one of the, the top six uh, well-run cities in the country, um, and we maximize all the available resources we have. And one of the ways we do that and make our local dollars go further is by going after federal grants. And I'm so pleased with the work that our city team has done uh, to seek funding and actually secure it through competitive processes. And one of them was for an EPA grant for $1.7 million, which we will use to help keep things that can be recycled out of the landfill. That extends the life of our landfill and, and helps protect taxpayer dollars. And then, of course, also has the added benefit of of helping to ensure that we can recycle and reuse and have sustainable sort of waste management here in the city. Yeah, exactly. Well, and as as I understand, this uh, this recycling grant uh, specifically uh, targets uh, some some new audiences that we're trying to encourage, and uh, and also uh, about uh, food waste diversion because that continues to be a a big challenge for recycling. Absolutely, it, this one point seven million dollars that was made available thanks to the bipartisan infrastructure law, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, awarded through EPA will help us do an education campaign around how to recycle, what can be recycled, and how to reduce food waste in the first place. And this is the first time that the city is going to conduct such a large-scale education campaign, and it will encourage diversion of those items that otherwise would be taking up space in the the landfill, and and our efforts will focus on some of our uh, lowest-income qualified census tract areas of the city in in some special targeting in addition to the the community-wide campaign. Good. Very good. Yeah, very important. Um, The last thing I wanted to chat about, Mayor, is uh, this uh, grant that you got from Nebraska Game and Parks Commission uh, for renovating some new play or some playgrounds in the city. 
Yes, well, we have, you know, continue, Lincoln continues to be recognized for its high quality of life. Uh, we are the quality of life capital of the country, Dan, and part of that is because of our parks and our trails. And with this grant from the Nebraska Game and Parks Commission, we will be able to renovate neighborhood playgrounds in seven of our public parks. And Lincoln Parks and Rec um, through the city will be matching that grant, a $600,000 grant, and, and those renovations will get underway um, soon and will help us to remove older playground equipment and, and you know, create um, ADA improvements and install new playground equipment uh, for kids all across our community. That's great. You know, we just, <clears throat> many of us <clears throat> take for granted uh, the beautiful amenities we have in this city. And, and one of those is, of course, our parks. And we're well known, so well known for our parks, but, uh, you know, from the tiny ones to the big ones. And uh, so that's really good news to continue that. Because let's face it, you know, that that helps a lot of families that maybe can't afford to, you know, do all the fancy stuff that a lot of us maybe get to do and and we always have uh, public parks uh, that we can uh, entertain and uh, get exercise and do all those wonderful things so that's that's really good use of funds yes we're really really pleased to have this opportunity to you know increasingly make our playgrounds more accessible to children of all abilities as well so it's it's just part of our efforts to continuously improve and, and grow the great life in lincoln you bet well mayor again thanks so much for uh, taking time out of your schedule to visit with us and i know our listeners appreciate it and i i do too so thank you well, thank you dan i appreciate the opportunity okay we'll talk to you soon All have right, a great you. evening you bet uh always a chance always a great uh, chance to catch up with the mayor and and of course you know she's a mom and a wife and uh she's got a busy uh, busy life so we appreciate her taking some time i know she's got some uh kiddo activities uh here in a little bit so uh, ending one meeting doing a radio interview and and uh heading out with the kiddos and family. So anyway, thank you, Mayor Lirian, for our monthly check-in. Yeah, and if you, uh, any of these topics, again, I'd encourage you to to go to uh, lincoln.ne.gov, and you can find... Uh, all of this information uh, if you want to find out what those parks are and 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 if you've not uh, downloaded that app uh, that you can use uh, to report um, a lot of different things but this time of season as the mayor said um, uh, with its pothole season and uh, and uh, so download that app and you can uh, report help the city uh, find those potholes and get them fixed because uh, yeah, it's it, it with this winter. Even though the last few weeks have been beautiful, uh, we had a pretty rough start to our winter, and so uh, the streets are uh, taking the blunt of, of that uh, with the freezing uh, conditions and the snow. So naturally, those things pop up. So anyway, but yeah, just uh, I was really giddy uh, about uh the announcement today that Robert Plant and Allison Krauss are going to be at Pinewood Bowl on June 5th and uh uh both Tim Savona and Kent uh, Wogamot when I had him on here in the last uh, week or two uh mentioned that to me and uh so I was just giddy cuz I couldn't tell anybody of course you know uh, I'm sure a lot of people knew about it as well but uh, anyway it's uh June 5th at Pinewood Bowl, and, and you've heard me drone on before uh, with Kent and probably with Tim Savona. And, and if you're not familiar with Tim Savona, Tim Savona is the general manager of uh, Pinnacle Bank Arena and Pinewood uh, Pinewood uh, Bowl out at Pinewood Park. Uh, Pine, yes, 
Pioneers Park. Thank you. Uh, Pinewood Bowl at Pioneers Park. And uh, some of the most, uh, and I've seen a lot of acts around the country and uh, around the world. And uh, it's still my favorite place in the world to see a musical act it is Pinewood Bowl. Uh, if you've not done that, it's just, and, and artists, uh, and that's why they get these artists, because uh, it's just such a unique, uh, beautiful experience. Uh, so if you've not done that, uh, I'd encourage you. And talk about parks. I mean, that that is the shining gem uh, of the park system here in Lincoln is uh, Pioneers Park. And, boy, uh, we just had an announcement about the new Buffalo out there recently. And uh, so anyway, uh, Allison Krauss and Robert Plant uh, at Pinewood Bowl. Uh, and I think tickets go on sale Friday. So uh, line up. So, because that'd be a beautiful time to be out there in June before it gets uh, too hot. And uh, so, yeah, uh, it knows, it, it's just a beautiful venue to hear to hear a musical concert. So anyway, well, let me tell you what's coming up after the news break here in just a minute or so. Uh, we're going to be joined by uh, Todd Wilchin. And Todd is Lancaster County Election Commissioner, and Todd's been on that job uh, just a, about a year. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think today is his anniversary. So we'll wish him a happy anniversary when he joins us here in a little bit. But uh, there are some changes with election laws coming up. Uh, and, of course, uh, the election, uh, big election year here in Nebraska and around the country. Uh, our primary election is Tuesday, May 14th, so that's coming right up. And, of course, then the general election on uh, Tuesday, November 5. And so, anyway, we'll get an update from Todd Wilchin uh, on what's uh, going on with uh, the new election laws and uh, some changes that you should be aware of so you can uh, plan accordingly uh, coming up for May, uh, that May primary coming up. So, anyway, we'll look forward to that. Um, and uh, let me just tell you what's coming up uh, on tomorrow's show, as long as I have a couple uh, a few more seconds here. Uh, Lynn McNally is going to join us. Lynn, of course, is with the Horsemen's Association, and we're going to be talking about a possible petition drive to legalize uh, online sports betting uh, here in Nebraska. So anyway, that's tomorrow's show. Well, hey, let's take this break for the news and come on back uh, after this on 1499.3 KLIN. Educating. Informing. Entertaining the Dan Parsons Show on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three KLIN. Hey, welcome back. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in, and my thanks to Mayor Lyrian for our monthly chat. Always appreciate it when uh, the mayor can join us. Appreciate that very much. And remember, if you miss anything, you can find us any darn time you like on your favorite podcast uh, platform, or just go to KLIN dot com. You can find us there as well. Um, and, and I know people come and go on the show, so that's why I sometimes uh, repeat myself. Uh, I just mentioned this uh, before the break, but I know you're busy and your audience coming and going. So let me tell you what's coming up on tomorrow's uh, show. We'll get to uh, an update on the possibility of a another November ballot initiative uh, that would legalize uh, online sports gambling in Nebraska. Uh, Lynn McNally uh, with the Nebraska Horsemen's Association will join us to chat about that. Well, it is uh, my delight to welcome his inaugural uh, appearance on the Dan Parsons Show, Lancaster County, Commission, uh, County Election Commissioner, Mr. Todd Wilchin. Todd, how Thanks. are you? Great. 
Dan, thank you for having me on your program. Absolutely. And I'm so grateful, I guess, I'm here on my one-year anniversary as a lecture How commissioner. about that? Yeah, just I, a year ago. I'm glad someone's paying attention. <laughs> I, I wasn't. Well, uh, it was just uh, February of last year yep. that Governor Jim Pillen appointed you as the mm-hmm. Lancaster County Election Commissioner. Uh, and you were placed, uh, of course, our friend, former Election Commissioner Dave Shively, who retired uh, back uh, in January of last year, and uh, I'll just uh, tell our listeners, but you, I want you to fill in and, and familiarize yourself with our listeners, but most recently, Todd served as the public policy specialist for the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, and prior to that, he served on the Lancaster County Board of Commissioners, elected yep. position, and of course, we go way back, yes. you've f- yep. served in state government, and yep. federal government, and county yep. government, and so we've yeah. known each other a, a minute. Yeah. yeah, I've got all the check bar, all the check marks checked uh, with the federal, state, and local government experience. Uh, working for a U.S. senator and a U.S. congressman, and also a state senator. So I've I've been at this a while, and yeah, we, we go way back. Um, and so and I go way back with my predecessor, Dave Shively. Yeah. Um, I remember when he actually worked for Congressman Doug Beatwright. Yes. And we were working in congressional offices together. Yep. And so, um, yeah, it's it's kind of a small world that we all kind of um, work in, but uh, it's always a pleasure to see a friendly face. Yeah. Um, well, I, I know many of us were, were, were sad to see you leave the chamber uh, right. because you did such great work there. But you are perfectly, your resume, your experience is perfect uh, for this job. I mean, uh, the taxpayers of Lancaster County should be thankful we have someone of your experience in that position. I, I appreciate that very much, Dan. Um, and yeah, it was a, it's an honor to be the chief elected, the chief election officer for the county. Um, and I take the responsibilities very seriously. Yeah, yeah, it's a big job, and uh, and it's only gotten more difficult because you know there's people out there that uh, anyway there's there's a lot of folks that uh, have been paying close attention. Let's just put it that way to our elections, both federally and locally. Uh, and you know, I guess the good part of that is people are paying attention. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we do we have one of the most secure mm-hmm. uh, systems. Uh, in the state and in America, and, uh, uh, and but it's a big responsibility. Yeah, and we we've always had that um, here in Nebraska, um, also especially here in the county. Um, Dave was a leader. Yes, he was um, among state uh, election officials. Um, he'd been there twenty three years, and so we we were all very fortunate to have well run elections. Um, but I think what happened is over time. Um, the people that were running elections just didn't tell the story about yes. how successful, how safe, how secure our elections were. Um, and then uh, some things happened, and all of a sudden, all these uh, questions arise. And uh, but um, you know, lo- looking ahead, you know, we know we have to do a better job of telling our story, of educating voters about the processes we have in place. Um, so they have a better understanding so that when there is some disinformation presented, that that information can be um, dispelled and with with the truth and the facts. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think a lot of uh, folks don't maybe realize that this is a full-time job. It's not just you just don't show up on election day and and conduct a, an election. This is a yeah. this is a, a, a year-long process. Yeah, and I would just say, you know, even with my experience, you know, until I actually started in the commission, I didn't realize how much work went into behind the scenes, you know, that goes into maintaining the voter list, 
for the, for the county goes the, all the preparation that takes place before each election um, just to make sure that whether you're voting early um, by mail or in the office or if you're showing up by the polling place that there's a lot of work that's being done behind the scenes to make sure that everything runs smoothly um, and that everything is uh, uh, secure um, and that the and then we have a successful election yeah yeah well I know that the one of the issues we want to talk about today Todd is uh, the early uh, vote applications uh, to voters uh, on the permanent list uh, those went out today right we, we actually mailed them out yesterday yesterday they're yeah. they're yellow postcards um, and so uh, the good Lord willing they'll arrive in the mailboxes starting tomorrow yeah um, and that most of the voters will have them by the end of the week now, just uh, to be clear, these are people like me who have requested uh, a, a ballot through the mail. Correct. Uh, we maintain a list of voters who have asked to be on the permanent early vote absentee list. So we will be mailing them the request. You know, these are not ballots. Yep. You know, again, that's another you know, point of contention that we do not mail out ballots unsolicited. That what we do mail out are, are postcards that allow for voters to request a ballot be mailed to them. And that's what we're mailing out. Uh, we mailed them out to 60,000 voters here in Lancaster wow. County. Wow, wow. That, that number just continues to increase, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, every year that number does increase. Um, I think the trend is um, because people's lives are, you know, it's a convenience. the mayor you yeah. know, has you know, a family. I have a family. We all have families. We all have other commitments. And so sometimes... Um, stuff happens on election day and you're not able to get to a, a polling place and so uh, i think people are being able to vote early um you know again take advantage of that that way they have time they can do their research yeah um and they don't have to worry about where they're going to be on the election day yeah yeah i mean i've i've been unfortunately i many years ago i i was dispatched out to central nebraska on election day and I wasn't able to get back by 8 p.m. And so I have a near-perfect voting history, except that one time wow. in 2006 yeah. in the general election that I couldn't get back to Lincoln to vote. So yeah. ever since then, I've been voting early. Well, it's just a con it, it's such a convenience. And I was one of those people until recently be because of COVID and, and the ability to uh, more easily vote by mail. Uh, I was one of those people. I love the tradition of getting up and being at one of the first people in line at my polling booth and seeing my neighbors and friends and getting the sticker. And that, that was a wonderful tradition. Uh, but this new tradition yeah. of getting that ballot so I can right. sit it on my coffee table and study it, and especially this year. I mean, the, right. the November ballot's going to be pretty dang full. Yeah. In addition to having candidates, I think you're going to see quite a few, not quite, quite a few, I mean, a handful yeah. of initiatives. Yeah. Um, you mentioned one that's been recently init, uh, initiated, uh, but there's, I think, eight others already. Yeah. So I think you're going to have other and not just candidates, you're going to have issues on the ballot in November. Yeah, absolutely. But I would just say, unlike you, Dan, I was always the last person at the <laughs> polling place because I was more interested in seeing what the turnout was. Oh, sure. So, yeah, one of those nerds. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, it, 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 so what else do we need to know? So, yeah. so for those people who, have, uh, who are on that permanent list, right. they'll expect to see that yellow yep. postcard this week. Yep, they should get it tomorrow. Um, it'll be a trifold 
Um, and the question has come up a lot about what voter ID will look like for uh, the upcoming election. So for those people who vote early, uh, they will be able to put in their driver's license number or their state ID number on their request form. Okay, so we so, don't have to take a picture or go no, to the office or anything? As long as you have a state-issued driver's license or ID, all you need to do is include that number on the request form. Now, if you don't have one, um, you'll have to do make a copy of your passport or another approved valid photo ID, okay. and you will have to submit that with your request to okay. the office before we would mail you a ballot. Okay. Yeah. Well, after the break here, Todd, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, the other changes of the voter ID uh, and some of the other things. But yeah, that's uh, and again, it's uh, for people who are active like us, maybe it's, you know, more of a convenience. But for some people, a lot of people in our community, it's 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 a, not only a matter of convenience, it's a matter of uh, of ability to actually physically get to the voting booth right so there's a lot of folks out there that uh, take advantage of that okay told you this goes fast <laughs> folks we're going to take this last break and come back and continue our conversation uh with todd wilchin lancaster county election commissioner come on back you're listening to the dan parsons show on 1499.3 klin Hey, welcome back to the Tuesday edition. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'll just remind you, if you're not following us on X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, and the Facebook page, we'd invite you to do that. I know it's an easy way to find out who our guests are each day ahead of time, and uh, and also to keep the conversation going, because then we get you an hour a day for crying out loud. So uh, anyway, follow us on uh, the socials. We'd appreciate that. We're back with Mr. Todd Wilchin, uh, the commissioner of elections here in our county and and uh so todd <clears throat> everyone will get uh, who's requested those early ballots and so people if you're not on that list you still can request an early ballot yes. anybody that's interested in voting by uh mail or using the early vote ballots there's other ways that they can request uh, a request be sent to them they can call our office uh 402-441-7311 and they can actually request that we mail them the request. Okay. So they can call our office if they don't, or they're not on the list already. But they can also go to our website. Okay. Uh, the form is on our website. Um, people can print it off. You'll have to uh, uh, sign it, uh, fill it out, put in your uh, driver's license number or state ID, and then you can return that. And then once we start mailing out ballots on April 8th, then we will be able to mail you a ballot. Got it, got and it. And also, once early voting starts, people can come to the office and pick up a, 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 a ballot. So May, four, uh, May 14th is the primary. And right. so give us those dates ahead of that of when the, some of those deadlines are. The, the biggest deadline is the Friday, May 3rd. That is the last day in which you're going to be able to request an early vote ballot being okay. to you. Now, you can still come into the office up until the Monday before, uh, the Monday, May 13th. Okay. But the biggest date is that Friday, May 3rd. That is the absolute deadline. The last day that we'll mail ballots um, will be on Saturday, May 4th. Okay. Just to allow for time, and that's by state law, just because, you know, when the law was written, um, we had 
overnight mail here in Lincoln. Well, now it's all mail we'll go to Omaha, to Omaha <laughs> and you're looking at three days. Yeah. Yeah, so. that has been a change. I mean, that's it's yeah. taken used to. It's taken some of my political clients uh, getting used to. So, okay, so we got that taken care of. And so what about those people who traditionally continue to vote on Election Day? Uh, what changes can they expect uh, with the new voter ID law? Yeah, the, the, big, the biggest change is when they do come into the polling place, um, they will be asked for their name and their address, which is required by law. But then they'll also be asked to present a driver's license or a state ID, some photo ID that um, is acceptable. 97% of Lancaster County voters have a state-issued ID. There's just the 3% that don't. And that's mm -hmm. about 5,000 people okay. um, that don't have an actual state ID issued. And so those people, you know, my suggestion is, is to... You know, reach out to us. You know, make sure that you have a, an acceptable photo ID, whether it be a U.S. passport, a military or veterans ID, okay. any ID that's uh, produced by a political subdivision, the state of Nebraska, city, a county, the federal government. Those are all acceptable. Federally recognized tribal IDs. Those are all acceptable. Uh, even college uh, okay. IDs universities that are in Nebraska, mm -hmm. those are acceptable IDs. Okay. So I would just encourage anybody that has a question about the status of their photo ID, not wait till election day to contact our office, make a plan prior to election day. Yeah. Because if you don't, you'll still be allowed to vote. Provisional ballot. It's a, a new type of provisional ballot, but you'll be given seven days. You know, so if you show up on election day, you don't have a valid ID, you'll still be allowed to vote provisionally, and then you'll have seven days to come into the election office, and you will have to come into the election office to present the valid photo ID in order for your ballot to be counted. So I assume you're already starting to gear up for election uh, workers. Yes, yep. We've uh, already, uh, late last year, we did make a push for, uh, we're always recruiting uh, election board workers who work on election day, um, seven to eight thirty, um, and so. But we're also hiring temporary staff in the office. Um, we we depending on the election, depending on the turnout, you know, we, we do have additional staff that come into the office that helps us uh, with our elections. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of changes, yeah. uh, not only for the voters, but obviously for you and your staff. Yeah. And you, yeah. you know, never having done this, been through this before, I, yeah. do, you, do you see, <clears throat> what do you see as the biggest challenges for you in that process? Just the, just the act of getting one under your belt and doing it, I assume? Yeah, well, I was fortunate that I was able to uh, do the elections last year. You know, Lincoln has elections every year. Yeah. Yes. So having the city elections under my belt yes. was very helpful. Yeah. You know, that, that was a lower turnout. It was a tight, you know, it was only a, a shorter time frame, back-to-back, -back, primary general elections. But we didn't have the voter ID law. We didn't have voter ID. Yeah, that was, that was my point, is yeah. it's yeah. going to be a lot of changes yeah. for you and, and your and staff. And the voter ID, I will just say that it will change how elections are done next year with that short time frame between the two elections. But thankfully for the statewide elections, there's a large enough gap between the primary and general yeah. that you don't have that compression that we do with the local elections. Sure. But it, it'll be a learning curve. I think the first election will be um, 
somewhat challenging just because you do have 5,000 voters who don't have a driver's license that's associated with their voter registration. And there's any number of reasons why they don't. But, I mean, that's each one of those people, you know, they're, they're going to require um, additional attention that we'll need to, to deal with to resolve any challenges they have. Because we, we definitely want every eligible yeah. person to vote. Yeah. Yeah, as we're having this conversation, I'm not going to go into my political rant of <clears throat> why we're making it more difficult, not you, but why lawmakers have made it more difficult uh, to vote instead of easier. But anyway, that's for another day <laughs> when you're not here. Um, uh, what about drop boxes? Because yeah. that's been a, a, an interesting conversation as well. But uh, do we are we getting more or less? Yeah, so last year we had one drop box for the 200,000 registered voters in Lancaster County. It created a significant challenge on election days. And, and tell our listeners why we only had one. Uh, well, the law was changed uh, back in, uh, I think it was 2022 or 2020, I think it was 2022, that basically all drop boxes have to be uh, in secured in cement uh, and because uh, we had gangs of marauders going around stealing mailboxes. Yeah, I don't uh, know about that, boxes. but uh, they, ha they had them at the libraries, and they were just <clears throat> chained to the front desk. Yeah. And so there was a belief that they weren't secure enough. And so now it just it took us a while to get the funding, to get everything in place. Um, we are adding four new drop boxes in Lancaster County. Um, we uh, put them at four libraries located in the four quadrants of the city. And so this will allow greater access for voters to return not only their ballots, but they can also return these postcards, these you requests, you or any other election documents. You bet. They can return them. Todd Wilchin, Lancaster County Election Commissioner. Thank you. We'll keep track in what's going on uh, throughout the election year. I appreciate that, Dan. Folks, that's the show. Uh, we'll see you back here tomorrow. In the meantime, hey, have a wonderful evening. Go do good things.